1: I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. in D.C., and here is your top five at five. The White House weighing new restrictions on foreign travelers as governments and companies both deal with the COVID surge among the unvaccinated. Meantime, stocks try to keep surging down a bit Wednesday, but futures, they are higher. And we'll show you just how far this rally has really come. Retail traders, they're a big part of the big run, as Robinhood shares double in just days. Lost in the mail? The White House hosting a big electric car shindig today, but apparently Elon Musk not invited. And two big get out and travel stocks that Jeffrey says you can't afford to pass up here, even with some new COVID concerns. We'll tell you all about them on this Thursday, August 5th, and this is Worldwide Exchange. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome from wherever in the world that you may be watching. I am Brian Sullivan. Great to have you with us. Let us jump right in. Here's how your money in the global markets are setting up their day. Stock futures, they are higher. Not a lot, maybe a tenth of 1%. Dow up 62 points, but still higher. This after the Dow did lose about 300 points, in part because of that disappointing ADP payrolls number yesterday. But keep this in mind. The Dow still just 1% off its record high, and many tech stocks continue to make new highs nearly every day. In all of it, bond yields, they remain low. A 10-year yield, Still under 1.2%. Wow. And keep an eye on crypto because all the big ones, they are moving lower this morning. When you look at that number, Bitcoin 38 and change, hard to think if Bitcoin was above 60000 bucks just a few months ago. Really kind of been stuck in that mid-30s range. Come up a little bit off its low, but still, if you bought in May, you're still pretty underwater. All right, meantime, overseas, trading in Europe already underway, and like us, Many of those markets just keep plowing higher, some making new records every single day. Let's find out how we're looking right now, get the rundown and some key headlines with Jumana Brisecci in London. Jumana.
2: Hey, Brian, that's right. Another record high for the stock 600 today, not shown on the board, but still another very positive session for the overall European index. I want to start off with the FTSE 100 over here in the U.K., trading marginally higher, but the focus is squarely on that Bank of England meeting coming up in a couple of hours time. The market is expecting two hawkish dissenters calling for an early end to asset purchases. So definitely something to watch for the macro investing community as it might set the tone for other central banks uh, CAC kakarant in france up about half a percentage point. and then germany lots of focus on the german index today we have it up about two tenths of a percentage point we have had so many companies report i'm going to bring you some of the highlights starting with adidas The company upgraded its guidance for the full year, citing accelerating top line momentum. However, the group did report weakness in Greater China, which is one of the reasons why it is trading down so substantially, down four percentage points. Another major German stock we're watching today as well, Bayer, has upped its full year outlook after reporting a near 13% rise in quarterly group sales. However, Q2 earnings also did miss analyst expectations. So, another big down day for a buyer. And you know that company has been undergoing so many legal issues as well after that Monsanto acquisition, down 5 percentage points today. And then finally, some green in the German index. The German industrial giant Siemens posted a 29% rise in quarterly operating profit to 2.32 billion euros and hiked its guidance for a third time this year. That stock is trading nicely up 3.3 percentage points. So the overall takeaway from some of these German corporates is that The second quarter earnings were solid. The outlook into the second half of the year is also looking solid. But strangely, we've had that negative price action, Brian, and that tells you perhaps a lot about market positioning going into these numbers.
1: And maybe a little bit about valuations as well. Certainly, many of those markets have done great the last few months. Jumana, thank you. All right, meantime, here in the States, there could be some big new rules coming for overseas travelers looking to come to the United States. Let's get more on that and some of your other key morning headlines with Bertha Coombs.
3: Hi, Brian. So good to see you. The Biden administration is reportedly planning to require nearly all foreign visitors to the U.S. to be vaccinated for COVID-19, according to multiple reports, citing comments from an unnamed White House official. The requirement would come as part of the administration's phased approach to easing travel restrictions into the U.S. No word on timing of the rollout just yet. This coming as more than 12,000 people in Florida have been hospitalized with COVID and cases across the U.S. continue to spike. Real Estate Investment Trust VC Properties is buying MGM Growth Properties for $17.2 billion. That will likely make the casino owner the largest landowner on the Las Vegas Strip. MGM Resorts owns a majority stake in MGM Growth Properties and will receive about $4.4 billion in cash as part of that deal. Altogether, VC will gain 15 entertainment properties in that deal. And Spirit Airlines says it expects its ongoing cancellation crisis to start to ease starting today. This coming after the low-cost airline canceled another 60 percent of its flights yesterday amid what the company calls ongoing, quote, overlapping operational challenges, which includes bad weather technology outages and staffing shortages, all of which began to manifest starting this past Sunday. Spirit shares are down nearly 30 percent since June, Brian, and they continue to see and make headlines for passengers fighting, no wonder, with so many problems. Back over to you. Yeah,
1: everybody, you know, I've been on a lot of planes lately. Everybody just needs to calm down. You're lucky to be back on a plane. You're going somewhere you want to go. Just chill out, Maybe have one fewer cocktail before you get on the plane. Bertha Coombs, <laughs> we'll see in a few minutes. Thank you very much. All right, let's get back down to the markets and your money because with our big run lately, something we will highlight a little more in your RBI with maybe one big eye-opening stat, there are some growing concerns about valuations, even with some of the big earnings beats that we have seen, at least in certain parts of the market. Let's talk about that and what parts of the market your first guest today does like. Joining us now, advisors, capital management partner, Joanne Feeney. Joanne, great to have you back on. From a macro perspective, the S&P 500 as a group, is the market overvalued, fairly valued, undervalued?
4: Good morning, Brian. You can take your pick. Uh, There are certainly parts of the market that are overvalued. Uh, Some of the stocks we like to buy, we're choosing ones we think are undervalued. You know, when you break down the market, though, what we've seen is a real divergence in stocks since mid-March. The reopening trade that was doing so well from fall of last year uh, really uh, moved lower on the COVID Delta variant outbreak, first in India, then in Europe, then here in the U.S. And if you look at how those have tracked, you know, those have become a lot cheaper. You know, and as we potentially get this Delta variant under control, those become an opportunity. So overall, I would say, you know, the market at first blush looks overvalued. But when you pick and choose, you can really find values. And, you know, when we invest for clients in individual stocks, obviously, you know, that's what we're trying to do for them. But, uh, you know, look at high multiple, some of those high multiple stocks that did so well last year. You know, we think some of those are overvalued and and worth uh, staying away from. But we do see a phase two of the reopening coming after Labor Day. So we do think there are some real good opportunities here, whether it's like a Six Flags or a TJ Maxx, that can go into either a balanced strategy for income or uh, more aggressive growth strategy. So it, it definitely is time to pick your places very carefully, given some of these valuations.
1: Okay, TJX, obviously the parent company of TJ Maxx and Six Flags, those are both consumer plays. I don't know if I want to call them reopening for TJ Maxx, maybe certainly for Six Flags. Doesn't sound like, Joanne, you are that concerned about the consumer, about new lockdowns.
4: Yeah, I don't think new lockdowns are in our future from everything, you know, the medical professionals are saying. Certainly some countries are using those. Uh, but here in the U.S., you know, we have obviously a, a, a pandemic now among the unvaccinated. But, you know, a lot a lot of the country is doing just fine with this. Um, you know, I would say that you can still find some good bargains. You know, T.J. Maxx uh, actually is a treasure hunting operation. You want to go back into those stores uh, in person to find your to find your gems, uh, your great bargains, uh, but there are a lot of other places to go in this market. You know, even in the tech space, which some people are really looking at as potentially overvalued. The the move towards uh, everything online, towards electric vehicles, towards greater factory automation, this is pushing up all of the data that's flowing into the crowd into the cloud. And so we see a company like Broadcom, for example, as a good opportunity both for a growth strategy and for a balance strategy because it offers such a nice dividend. But also what we're looking for, Brian, after this, you know, first wave uh, after Labor Day of folks coming back to the market uh, to look for jobs with their kids back in school with those extra unemployment benefits coming off. uh, We do see that a third phase of reopening as the COVID gets more under control around the world. And we do think this will take some time given the vaccine rollout is is certainly slower uh, outside of the United States. But that third phase suggests that international stocks are really an important place to be also. And so we've added some of those into our uh, all of our strategies, you know, whether it's a company like Taiwan Semi, which we've owned for a long time, but more recently a Walmart de Mexico, for example, to pick up on Latin America's recovery. So it's important, I think, at this point to get some international exposure to be able to participate in that phase three reopening as COVID does get under control uh, around the world.
1: Yeah, that phase three should be hopefully globally emerging countries, those that, aren't, that don't have access to the earlier vaccines. Do you sell some U.S. companies then to start to rotate into Latin America names, as you said, some Asian names, or is it still really specific stocks that you've got to find, whether it's here or whether it's in Mexico?
4: Yeah. You know, obviously you have to make some room in the portfolio. Uh, So, you know, whether that's taking something off the table that's done really well and maybe the valuation's gotten a little steep. But, you know, the way we do it is, as you sort of suggested there, Brian, company by company. Uh, We look for good companies, solid balance sheets, good growing end markets and at a reasonable price. So we have invested more in Latin America Uh, whether it's a stone company or, as I said, Walmart, domestic Mexico, but also China. I know there's been a lot of concerns about the regulatory crackdown, but we've recently added Alibaba, for example, in our growth strategy, because we're weighing the risks of further intervention against the growth potential that China as a whole has. And we don't think that the Chinese government is going to want to, you know, kill the goose that lays the golden egg. I mean, that company and Baidu, for example, are really the engines of growth right now in the Chinese economy. And while we may see some more regulatory noise and, and actions, we do think those are particularly cheap right here and like those for China exposure.
1: A lot of investors hope because it does feel like that goose has been pinned up a little bit in the yard. We'll see if the government takes the next step. By the way, some very good stock picks there from Joanne Feeney. Always a pleasure, Joanne. Thank you very much. All right, there is so much left to do on this Thursday. And when we come back, why Robinhood can thank, well, itself. When it comes to the recent stock market turnaround, at least that stock. Plus, the cloud commuting company falling back to earth. Your morning mystery chart revealed. That's it. Do you know who it is? We'll show you. And two hot casino names that Jeffrey says are a must buy here. We will name those names. Coming up, Dow Futures. They're up 87, and we're back right after this.
0: What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy. To help support what truly matters to you, EdwardJones.com slash find your rich. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
5: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Met Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: All right, welcome back. Time now for your Big Money Movers. Three stock stories of the morning. Let's go. Kicking off, obviously, the big one, Robinhood. Shares surging for the second day in a row yesterday, up more than 50% as investors piled into the stock less than a week since its, well, rather less than stellar public market debut. Hood is now up nearly 85% since the IPO, which saw the stock briefly sink more than 10% from its offering price. At its session high yesterday, the stock had a market cap more than $71 billion, more than that of the New York Stock Exchange owner, Intercontinental Exchange, all that for a a company that charges nothing for its product. If it's free, you're the product. Stock number two, Electronic Arts, higher in the pre-market. This, after the video game maker reported sales for its most recent quarter, it came in above analysts' expectations. Company also raising its full-year guidance, saying, "quote, its strategic position has never been stronger." And stock number three, shares of Fastly, they are down pretty quickly in the pre-market. That despite posting a smaller than expected second-quarter loss, Fastly issuing a weaker than expected outlook, citing continued fallout from its June 8th outage that impacted websites from Reddit to the New York Times to Amazon's Twitch streaming service. Fastly, down over 20% right now in the pre-market. Now, like many other cloud players, that stock, a huge pandemic winner, up 335% last year. But the company has been the cloud sector's second biggest loser year to date. Even before this morning's move, it is down nearly 50% since January. All right, on deck. Elon Musk's new biographer, Rihanna. Hits the big, 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 big time. And get that wallet out. The out-of-this-world cost of a new Star Wars-themed hotel is your top trending stories, and they are ahead.
5: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: All right, welcome back. Let's get a check down some of this morning's other top headlines including more on what could be a very busy hurricane season and what has already been a year of very extreme weather. Francis Rivera is in New York with that and more. Good morning, Francis.
0: Hi, Brian. Good morning to you. We start with a tragic story out of South Texas. Ten people were killed when a van overloaded with undocumented immigrants crashed into a utility pole in the town of Encino. Authorities say 30 people were in the vehicle when it took a curve too quickly. The van was designed to hold only about 15. The 20 survivors have injuries ranging from serious to critical. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says the rest of the 2021 Atlantic hurricane season is going to be a busy one, according to NOAA. Conditions remain conducive for an above-normal season. They are predicting between seven and ten hurricanes, with as many as five classified as major. And Simone Biles' return to competition Tuesday gave a boost to NBC's primetime Olympic ratings. 17.4 million viewers tuned in to watch the gymnastic star win bronze on the balance beam. Average primetime viewership across all of NBC Universal's platform to remain at 16.8 million. We should mention NBC Universal is the parent company of this network. Brian, but a good little bump that we saw there, considering like the opening ceremonies kind of uh, wasn't so great. But a little bit of a bump. Hopefully they'll continue with that in the final days.
1: Yeah, and the app is pretty cool, too. If you've got the app on, you know, Roku or Apple TV, you can kind of like I want to watch, you know, archery. Cause who doesn't mm-hmm. want to watch archery and then it'll find that for you. So they make it very mm-hmm. easy to do a cheap plug there for our parent company. Francis yeah, Rivera. Thank helps. you very much. Sure thing. By the way, go archery. All right. Now let's get to some of this morning's top trending stories, including a pricey stay in a star cruiser, the new face in the billionaires club and work from home trade-offs. Bertha Coombs. I feel like I'm selecting jeopardy categories, by the way. You go, David Faber, hosting (laughs) Celebrity Jeopardy this week. Another cheap plug, not for our network, but for our colleague and friend. doing a great job.
3: (laughs) He does a great job. Very, very good job indeed. Meantime, Disney releasing new pricing details on its Star Wars Galaxy Edge Park. So for a family of four, a two-night stay on an entry-level Star Cruiser will set you back $6 thousand bucks, but that does include food, all the immersive activities, and valet parking. Brianna is now officially a billionaire, according to Forbes. The singer and entrepreneur has an estimated net worth of $1.7 billion, making her the second richest woman in entertainment behind Oprah. The valuation comes from her makeup and lingerie business empire, Fenty & Savage. And a new survey shows Americans are very willing to actually take a pay cut if it means they never have to go into the office again. Survey showed that 65 percent of American employees whose jobs can be done remotely would take a 5 percent pay cut to continue to work from home. And Walter Isaacson is penning a new biography, this time on Elon Musk. The noted author, well known for his biography of Steve Jobs, recently said Musk is, quote, in some ways, the Steve Jobs of our time. Musk tweeting late last night that followers should look out for the book if they're curious about Tesla, SpaceX, and his, quote, general goings on. So, Brian, he may not be invited to the White House for this afternoon's reported event on electric vehicles, but none of those other folks have Walter Isaacson penning a biography about them.
1: No, they do not. Uh, And by the way, another cheap plug, I recently took a trip at a non-Tesla electric car. We've got this package coming out, hopefully over the weekend, about what it was like to drive from Vegas to San Francisco. And everyone's, because a part of it already aired, people are hitting me like, well, why didn't you show a Tesla? Because everybody knows what a Tesla can do. Elon Musk has changed Yeah, no, I mean, they put electric cars. Changed automaking.
3: He, he He put them on the map. You know, a, a sort of a harebrained idea people thought, and now it, it's happening. You know, and if you're yep. looking to buy a car now, you really have to think: Do I want electric, or do I want to stick with, you know, combustible engine?
6: Well, wa-
1: watch this piece I have, hopefully coming out over the weekend, and it, it'll. I, I was curious about it; I want to see what it was like. I'm just cheap plugging everything this morning. Why not? Bertha Coombs will see you in a few minutes. <laughs> Thank you. Plugging this, plugging that, hair plugs maybe, I don't know. All right ahead. Insider buying making its glorious return after about a month off due to earnings. We'll show you the top five stocks that saw the executives betting the most on their own companies, including one red hot name in the news lately, Made the List. That's coming up. Dow Futures, they're up, and we're back right after this. Dealing with Delta in the Delta, cases running high among the unvaccinated, but we have got an important new update from Louisiana on the big recent run for vaccines. Some good news this morning. Left out of the party, Elon Musk playing the world's smallest violin when it comes to a major electric car event at the White House today. He wasn't invited. And a work-from-home winner not winning for investors right now as they keep reopening re-eyeing the fall reopening trade. It is Thursday, and this is Worldwide Exchange, right here on CNBC. Well, welcome or welcome back, everybody. I am Brian Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us once again here on Worldwide Exchange. Let's get right to it. Here's how your money and investments look, as we are just about halfway through the 5 a.m. hour on a Thursday. Stock futures, they are higher right now, up about two-tenths of 1% on the S&P, Dow, and the NASDAQ. And we got some breaking news on the markets just literally one minute ago. In fact, during the commercial break, got a note from Goldman Sachs' chief strategist, David Coston. He is raising his S&P 500 price target to 4,700 from 4,300. Goldman doing that moments ago that implies a 7% upside to the markets through the end of the year. They also raised their 2022 target to 4900 from 4600 and raising their S&P 500 S&P estimates. I just threw a lot at you. It's 5:30. Here's the headline. Goldman Sachs more bullish on the stock market just now raising its S&P 500 target To 4,700, from 4,300, they see another 7% upside. That note literally just crossing. Well, some good news, I think. Your weekly insider buying report is back, where we lay out the top five companies showing the most buying of their own stock by insiders in the know. And as always, we count you down five to one. And also, as always, our thanks to InsiderScore.com for the exclusive data. So let us jump right in after a few weeks off due to earnings season. They got a blackout period around earnings. All right. Stock number five, EQT Corp. Ticker, EQT. The CEO doing a first insider buy since he took over two years ago, buying $499,000 worth. The fourth most insider buying, Glacier Bancorp. Chairman doing his largest ever insider buy at $773,000. Stock number three, Archer Daniels Midland (ADM), the CEO there snapping up just under one million worth of the ag products company. And by the way, Insider Score notes CEO has got a very timely record of buying the stock just before it goes up. Watch ADM. Number two, a little company you might have heard something about on this network recently. Yeah, Robinhood. Look at that. A board member buying 1.999 million worth at 38 bucks a share meaning he has almost already doubled his money in like a couple days and the most insider buying this week is a name that we have highlighted in this segment before crown castle CCI chairman buying 2.1 million worth of the stock that's his 11th insider buy at the company and he has now put nearly 20 million of his own money into the cell phone tower company wow So there you go, EQT, Glacier Bank, ADM, Robinhood, and Crown Castle. And a reminder, it's a segment you will only see right here on Worldwide Exchange. And those stocks that we've highlighted for you in the past, I don't know, year or so, have outperformed the broader market. All right, let's get back now to some of this morning's other top stories. Bertha Coombs now is back with those. Bertha, what else is happening out there on a Thursday morning?
3: Well, Brian, CBS says that it has stopped offering the J&J single-dose COVID-19 vaccine in its pharmacies, saying the shot is now only available in roughly 10 percent of its retail locations. In comments to CNBC, the company said it made the change over the past several weeks, but will continue to offer the two-dose Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna vaccines nationwide. I imagine that it's an issue of demand More folks looking at the mRNA vaccines. Meantime, General Motors, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler, parents, Stellantis, reportedly plan to announce today that come the year 2030, between 40 and 50 percent of their new vehicle sales will be electric vehicles. The announcement will come during a White House event scheduled for this afternoon, something the president has already teased on Twitter, and will also... See Detroit's Big Three calling for billions in government assistance to help meet aggressive targets. Don't miss Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg on Squawk Box later this morning to discuss that event. And by the way, Elon Musk points out on Twitter that Tesla was not invited to the event. Meantime, Weber says it's raised about $250 million in an initial public offering, less than half the amount it had originally planned to raise last month. The WheelMaker pricing its IPO of about 17.9 million shares at 14 bucks piece. That's below the low end of the expected range. Weber's shares are set to begin trading today on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol W E B. Are and I can already see the headlines, Brian. If it does well, people will say they're fired up. If it doesn't, people will say shares got grilled because that's what we do.
1: I was going to say those things, but now I can't say them because you said them. (laughs) You you missed investors (laughs) are fired up. Come on, (laughs) thank you very much. All right. Meantime, on a more serious note, COVID continues to spread rapidly across parts of America and is hitting the unvaccinated the hardest. The South and California hit hard in the past month. All states, Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, Texas, California, seeing increases of more than 400 percent. In one of the hardest hit states, Louisiana, a lot of people still are not vaccinated and they account for 90 percent of all new COVID cases. Unfortunately, They also make up 84% of recent deaths, and 90% of those who are currently hospitalized with COVID are not vaccinated. Those stats from the state of Louisiana from the week of July 22nd. Now, there is a lot of concerns out there about Louisiana's vaccination rate, but there is some good news. Vaccine orders, they have popped in recent weeks. And joining us now on the CNBC Newsline to talk about it is someone you might remember from back in December. Paul Dixon, Jr., the chief of operations for vaccine distributor Morris and Dixon. They are the distributor for vaccines in Louisiana. If you might remember, we were there in their warehouse back in early December with the first batch of vaccines distributed in the state. It was an emotional moment. Paul, it's great to have you on the news line right now. You guys saw a huge uptake, then a huge drop off. You and I were going back and forth the other day. What have you seen for vaccine orders in recent days and recent weeks?
5: Good morning, Brian. We've uh, seen a huge, huge increase in the last three weeks and <clears throat> tripling by the day. Um, very, very good to see Louisiana's uptake in vaccines so we can help suppress the Delta.
1: Yeah, can you give us some kind of context as to what those orders have done? Have they gone up by? Ten percent have they gone up by fifty percent
5: sure, to give kind of a rough ballpark. We were doing two to three thousand doses a week across the state uh, just several weeks ago we're now doing twenty thirty almost forty thousand doses a week last week We're on track this week to probably do another forty thousand doses easily so ten times or more
1: wow so i wanna, i want I want to really highlight that for our audience because two thousand to 30 or 40,000. These are exponential type jumps in vaccination orders. Do you, are you hearing from the, the hospitals that you guys do a great job distributing to that this is because of fears of some of these new variants?
5: Yes, I think that's definitely it. Louisiana has done a bunch of programs, and as well as other states, as far as, you know, trying to get people to get vaccinations, and we did not see much uptake in that. In fact, we actually had to go pick a lot of vaccine up around the state, redistribute it, because it just simply wasn't being used. And once once the infection rates have skyrocketed, like it is now, hospitals are at capacity, ER beds are at capacity, you're, you're now seeing an uptake in vaccine. People are realizing the importance of the vaccine.
1: Yeah, I, th- this, is, I, this is good news uh, across the state. Uh, and we showed the good work that you and your team doing, you know, following that very first batch of vaccines from your warehouse in Shreveport to Lake Charles, watching people get the first shot, very emotional moments. Is there anything that you see in future orders, Paul, that looks like it may drop back off? Or do you think that this surge, it's not going to last forever? We know that but it seems like it may last the next few weeks.
5: Yeah, it's been very hard to tell. I mean, seeing the drop-off we had over the summer months was really unexpected. So I think it'll stay up as long as the hospitalization and infection rate stays up, but it's really hard to predict how long it's going to last.
1: Paul Dixon, Jr. of Morrison Dixon. Obviously some tough stats on hospitalizations, but some good news on vaccination uptakes 2,000 to 30 or 40,000 orders in a week. Uh, really amazing stuff there, Paul. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on CBC once again. Thanks, Brian. All right, you're very welcome. All right, so think about that, folks. 2,000 to maybe 30 and 40,000. Wow, some good news on the vaccine front. All right, coming up, a bullish bet on gaming stocks. Despite a rough first half of the year, the names that Jeffrey says should be on your radar ahead. But first, as we had to break, some more big money movers on this Thursday morning. Uber reporting a wider adjusted second quarter loss. It spent more on incentives to get drivers to return to the platform. It's even as bookings hit an all-time high, nearly $22 billion. Uber also warning about of uncertainty from COVID's trajectory, continuing to impact visibility. By the way, CEO will be on Squawk Box in a first on CNBC interview at 8.45 a.m. I hope to ask about drivers. I was just in San Francisco, took a lot of Ubers. I ask every driver, how much you make it? Because the Uber fares were expensive and they all complained that despite higher fares, they weren't making any more money. Maybe that'll come up, who knows. Stock number two, Etsy shares tanking. After the online marketplace reported second quarter results, topping forecasts, but it had fewer active buyers than expected. Etsy has been anticipating a pandemic fueled sales growth, too slow and is issuing conservative guidance for the third quarter. And finally, stock number three, Roku, second quarter earnings and revenue topping estimates. But shares are falling as actor user growth fell short. Roku says that reflects what they call pandemic roll-off. We're going to roll off to a commercial break. We're back right after this. All right, welcome or welcome back and good Thursday morning. Well, mixed results from two of the world's largest casino operators win posting a smaller-than-expected second-quarter loss, and MGM seeing a surprise per-share profit for its most recent quarter, plus the big real estate deal to VC Properties. But the stocks overall have been laggards year to date, even with reopening and casinos packed. So is it time for these turnarounds for these GOAT get-out-and-travel stocks? Joining us now is Jeffrey's managing director covering gaming, lodging, and leisure, David Katz. David, Good morning. You know, it's kind of hard to figure. It's one of these buy the rumors, sell the news. I was just in Vegas, uh, an MGM property. It was packed. I mean, you couldn't get a dinner reservation, couldn't find a seat at a blackjack table. Uh, why do you think investors seem to have lost interest in the last few weeks?
6: Yeah, look, remember, Brian, that the market looks forward. Uh, we've seen the recoveries happen. Uh, and we, we are pricing in as though A recovery happens in 22 and 23. Uh, I think there have been two questions. One is the sustainability of margins. And I thought last night in particular, MGM was particularly clear about the fact that the volumes have come back faster than some of the costs. And so the margins have looked good. Investors have questioned whether that sustainability will be there. And I think MGM, you know, went an extra mile to be clear about what margin they can hang on to. Right. And I think, look, the the second aspect is that there's been concern about the Delta variant. Uh, We recall back a couple of years where, you know, initially we were expecting COVID-19 to be just a few weeks. The world had a cold uh, and then we would go back to normal. So I think de-risking is part of what you're seeing. Uh, And the bar for this quarter for stocks to report and go up has been extremely high and complex.
1: Yeah, and you got the new mask mandates that have come down for Clark County, which, of course, is where Las Vegas is. Do you think, and I don't want to get into some political debate about masks, but do you think it will hurt bookings? Will it hurt tourism?
6: I I think it will not. And and, and I think the best question I can answer for you is whether it will hurt stocks, right? And I I think it won't, quite frankly, because I I do think, as you aptly pointed out in your opening, that there is just a very high appetite to get out and the volumes have just been extraordinary visitation in Vegas is 17% below, uh, where it's been room rates are actually 6% above 2019 levels already. So I I don't think it's gonna hurt business. And frankly, I don't think it's gonna hurt stocks because what we were talking about with companies now is what's your booking rate looking like for 22 and 23. Uh, And both of those companies that you mentioned are talking about you know booking pace and booking rates that are better. 22 uh, than they were at any point, Uh, all time best.
1: Wow. So I know it's early, David. It's been like a couple of days to that mandate, but I'm sure you're working the phones. No indication that there have been people canceling their trips.
6: Uh, We haven't. We haven't. It it is really too soon. Uh, And quite frankly, where we are much more focused on trying to get information is with our colleagues in Hong Kong. Uh, because what we've learned over the past few days is, you know, that Macau has restricted the borders once again, Uh, you know, properties may partially or entirely shut down Uh, and the entire island uh, is going to be tested for COVID within a couple of days span. Uh, And so they are in somewhat of crisis mode uh, yet, yet again in Macau. Management teams uh, for Wynn and MGM talked about that last night. They expect it to be a few weeks crisis. But Macau has been really just a challenge. Uh, it's still 65 or 70% uh, below 2019 yeah. levels in terms of revenue and visitation. And you know, where and when does that end, I think, is a, a much bigger question for when and a much smaller question for MGM.
1: Yeah, got to watch Macau as well as I'm focused on Vegas. But Macau is even a much bigger property. Just quickly, uh, the names you are recommending to clients right now are?
6: MGM is a top pick for us. And the theme across all of our coverage, hotels and leisure, is you need several reasons to work other than just the recovery trade. And in that regard, MGM has a management team and a board that has turned over. Uh, as you pointed out in your opening, they have a real estate sale of $4.4 billion coming in the door uh, to go with $5.6 billion sitting on the balance sheet now. Uh, they are... Uh, their momentum in the digital business with betmgm has been just huge uh, and you know frankly when you put all those together we find several reasons why it should not be 10 times ebitda uh, and we expect those catalysts to, to to drive the stock higher the value higher and the stock higher
1: david katz of Jeffries, we are watching mgm and having just been in a property i can tell you The People were falling out of the doors. It was that crowded. David Katz, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Then a monsoon hit, and we actually just got washed out of the doors. Anyway, on deck, your daily RBI. And a mind-blowing stat on how big this recent market rally has really run. And if you haven't already, follow our podcast. You're getting back out there, back on the road to work. Can't make the show every day? No worries. Check out the podcast every single day. Dow futures, they're up about 80 we're back right after this. Time now for your morning RBI, and this one's kind of a little quick hit on the markets because it speaks for itself and to just how really incredible the recent stock market rally has been. If you're not paying attention, you should be. Check this out. Back in September and October, we had some volatile moments. The S&P fell 9% in September, nearly 7% in October. A lot of people got pretty nervous. But since then, it's been up, up, and away. And Matt Maley of Miller Tabak noting in a note yesterday, since October, the s and has not seen one drop of 5% or more. Not one. We got close a little bit in May, fell about 4.4%. But then buyers just stepped back in and kept this juggernaut market plowing on. It has been higher highs and actually even higher lows for stocks. In other words, we are going on not quite a year, but closing in without even a tiny half correction. It is amazing. It is random. And hopefully it's interesting. Let's talk more now about that and the overall markets run in the past nine months or so. And more importantly, where we go from here with Victoria Green, founding partner and chief investment officer at G Squared Private Wealth. What do you think of that, Victoria? Nine months without even a five percent move down once.
7: It, it's absolutely crazy historical low volatility and, and you have to love it. I think that streak might come to a close, you know, here in October or uh, August and September. We're looking at a pretty weak seasonal period. There seems to be a lot of ducks lining up in a row saying, hey, this this market top might be looking a little toppy, you know, and and we might be wanting to take some chips off the table. It's absolutely stunning how little volatility the market's really seen, you know, and every now and then we'll have a a down day, but now we have bad down days of 1%, which really are are, are not that bad. And so I think when you look at it in historical context, you have to say this has been an absolutely amazing bull run. You know, we're up almost 100% off of the lows of March 24th lows back in 2020. And you have to kind of step back and take that and look at it and pause and say, if you compare this bull market to bull markets in the past, so 2009, 2002, start of the 1950s, start of the 1980s, this bull market has well outpaced the first 16 months of any other bull market. So if you look at that in context as well, We're getting a little nervous that we might actually see one of those rare corrections actually occur, which which is very normal to have
3: happen.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't it be healthy, Victoria? Listen, we want stocks to go up. You got bills to pay, kids to send to college. But you don't want to have these these volatile moments where all of a sudden you're down 15 percent in a matter of days and people start to lose trust in the stock market. I mean, a healthy correction now and then is is not a bad thing.
7: Yeah, I mean, I look at it like a a tea kettle letting off steam. You know, it's good to let off some pressure because at some point... If this builds and builds and builds and earnings, which have been phenomenal, can't keep up and then you're looking at overvaluation and concerns on this market overheating, I, I think you definitely want to see some of this healthy correction here, which typically occurs at this point in the season. August and September is usually a bit rocky. And so I think we'd like to see that because if not, I'm a little worried we're the price is right guy just climbing up the mountain. And at some point that mountain's going to hurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah, especially because if you, if you got the wrong price, that yodeler, he, you know, we all remember what happened. Best game ever, by the way. And he goes over the edge. Very quickly, IBM, you've recommended yes. in the past on this very program. You still like IBM?
7: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's got a 4.6 dividend, a 15 PE. It's a 100% a turnaround story. There's spin-ons on track for the, the end of the year, the spin-off. And they still generate $10 billion in free cash flow. It's, it's an amazing stock. It's very ignored in the tech sector because it's kind of a boring play. But don't forget, they're getting more into the hybrid cloud. They're a leader in AI with Watson. And you have to look at this and say it's a great place to maybe play defense if everything else in the sector is very expensive and you're looking for something more reasonable. And we think things might get a little bit rougher. I think this is a great stock to bunker in because one, I do believe in its growth prospects. 100% believe in this turnaround story, but it's also very reasonably priced and generates massive cash flow. And companies are still going to be paying on, uh, for IT infrastructure yep. and infrastructure spending they need to have.
1: Got to squeeze another pick out. If you got about 30 seconds, Victoria, another name you like, please.
7: I like Chevron. Uh, I know oil and gas is looking a little dicey, but I think they're very well positioned. Again, it's a great dividend. And for a growth stock, we really can't be crowd still. I think obviously everybody's nervous about ransomware these days. I think companies are going to be putting a lot behind improving cybersecurity and we see them as our top pick in a really great space. So You know, I think it's going to have some sharp drawdowns. It's a smaller stock. But as an overall growth, their cloud-based and AI-based company is really a leader in where the market needs to go.
1: We got two there, Chevron, CrowdStrike, IBM, by the way, cheap plug. And like the fifth of the show, did a 20-minute interview with the CEO of Chevron. It's on CNBC.com. Check it out. Victoria Green, thank you very much. G-Squared Private Wealth. And, folks, that does it for us here on a busy Thursday on Worldwide Exchange. Squawk Box of the Gang picking up the coverage next. Have a great day. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us
5: live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern only on CNBC.